Hello. How's it going? Great, man. Uh, this is uh, Lance and Chris for Waves of Sound. And uh, we already have one quick little update for episode one. Um, we, You will hear us talk about our original title for the podcast, which was what, Chris? Wall of Sound. And uh, we decided to leave it in because all of the relevant points that we make, um, minus the history of <laughs> Wall of Sound, um, still fit perfectly in with Waves of Sound. So I just wanted to, so you guys didn't get confused. <laughs> listening to episode one <laughs> um so anyway this is waves of sound and we hope you enjoy episode one thank you thanks hello everyone my name is lance holt i'm christopher garcia and you have entered the wall of sound <laughs> This is uh, episode one of the Wall of Sound podcast, and uh, we're very excited to be doing this. Cheers again. Cheers. <laughs> First of many. Here Indeed. we go. Indeed. Uh, what are we drinking? This is uh, Modern Times Juanita. Uh, Juanita. Juanita. <laughs> O-N-E-I-D-A. Um, Happy seasonal. Hoppy. Hoppy seasonal, seasonal pale ale. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. There's a craft beer place by my house. And uh, they have just—you said it looks like a hole from the outside, but then it looks, you're like, yeah, no, what? It, yeah. You walk in and they have like 31 kegs you can pull from. Um, yeah, you can get growlers. They have growler specials, and it's—I've been there way too much. What's the name of it? It's uh, maybe for those locally <laughs> who are literally interested? literally called Craft Beer, Craft Beer oh. Store, I believe. Very original, something like that. Yeah, very <laughs> original. But uh, yeah, great place. Um, we'll probably have beer on the next episodes as well, and talk. I was going to say stuff. so that while this primarily is a music podcast, <laughs> we'll probably uh, be trying some different beers out every time. Yeah, I try to get something that's a little light but has some layers, just like what we're going to talk about musically. So <laughs> great segue, Chris. <laughs> trying to uh, think about it, you know. Indeed, indeed, we Definitely. do like depth. Oh, a lot of depth. Yes. More depth, please. Hence the wall of sound. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> so yeah, I think, uh, I think that's where we're, where we're going to start, um, is, uh, why we named this so-called podcast wall of sound and backstory and yeah. Why we start there, why we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, I guess this all started just from, well, Lance and I know each other from work. Started as coworkers. Started as coworkers, and um, we found ourselves just having endless conversations of music. Took a while though. Yeah, it, it did. <laughs> it it did. wasn't right off the bat where we we're like, "Oh my god, besties!" But once we found out that we liked similar music, you know, and we were very specific about certain bands and certain sounds, it just kind of we just yeah elitist. Some might say. Some might say, yeah, you know, our taste. But I think it's just that we're passionate and. Um, we'll go into exactly why we like certain types of music. And then, uh, I think there's, well, not that I think I know for a fact there's music that you like that I'm not necessarily, uh, I wouldn't say a fan of just not something I would gravitate towards immediately. It's not something you turn on if you're by yourself. Right. Right. And then there's music that I would do you know, I would put on that you probably would be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is raping my ears right now? Yes. Yeah. No, we definitely have, we've had this many disagreements. Yep. Um, yep. 
So there are, and then there's gray areas. I think like you were just describing, and then mm-hmm. there's beautiful places where we converge. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we're both, you know, being artists ourselves, you know, it's easy to be passionate about certain things, but you know, I think, uh, from talking with you and you showing me bands that I immediately, you know, just face value, I'd probably say, no, definitely not a fan of, but then listening to you talk about them and how they affect you or what they do for you kind of, you know, uh, piqued my curiosity. And I, I found stuff that I actually was like, oh shit, this is, this is really good. Really, really good. So I think, um, one of the things we'd, we'd like, hopefully, uh, an outcome of this would be that you listeners also find things that you like. Uh, maybe that you wouldn't listen to normally or maybe things that you're like, Oh yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Or maybe you don't agree, you know, and that's totally fine. Um, don't want to limit this to, to one thing or another or necessarily be elitist (laughs) on certain areas, but you'll hear those come out and it's just passion, passion for music. So anyway, wall of sound, uh, that was one of the, one of the conversations where we just went off and started talking about it and it was, something that I brought up and how I explain the music that I'm kind of into. And it really does explain a lot of the music you're into, but basically wall of sound comes from, um, well is, is credited to Phil Spector, a producer, um, uh, a very weird producer actually. And, and his story gets crazier and crazier. And even now, uh, for those who don't know Phil Spector, he was a producer, a songwriter, and even a musician, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, produced a lot of music. Um, but his his producing style is what, is what we're going after. So basically, Wall of Sound, he would take musicians and he would double, even triple tracks. So guitarists, bass players, drummers. Yep. Um, he worked with a lot, uh, worked, uh, he worked with the, the Wrecking Crew, which was a group of musicians that recorded on a lot of records, um, beach boys, you know, things so like that. Studio musicians, studio musicians. And yeah. there's actually a great documentary about that. And, uh, what's it called? You know, I'd have to look that up so we can link that later. If only we had computers, if only we had computers <laughs> sitting in front of us. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just the way he, he blends all that stuff and made the sound that, uh, during that time, wasn't being done. He would, he would make these sounds that just large, 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 just through layering music. And most people would think, you know, there's people that tried to replicate that, that couldn't because they were doing it wrong. They were actually peeking out, uh, tracks and, and that's not necessarily what he was doing. So basically he would layer all this music together to create a, uh, one strong cohesive piece of music. So you Mm -hmm. couldn't really, you couldn't really pull apart, um, instruments it was just one giant sound um so yeah i mean that's safe to say to make it sound bigger yeah a lot bigger for sure and he would is on its own yeah he would add echo to it he had an echo chamber where he would feed you know the the sound coming from the mics from the from the studio feed it into that um so you would hear it on a lot of drums one example would be be my baby by the ronettes um he also produced let it be by the beatles Mm. so he's worked with them he's worked with ramones um, Leonard Cohen. Um, he also co-wrote Who's that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So there's gonna be a lot of education on this too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's, uh, he's actually one of the few producers that has had a number one record in, in the fifties, sixties and seventies. 
in each decade. Yeah. So um, the crazy part is, you know, kind of off of the music, he was uh, um, found guilty for second degree murder and he's serving 19 years to life in prison right now. Um, he's still alive. He's still alive. He's in prison. Yeah. I think he was convicted in 2009. Dang. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really strange story. Check it out. But really it's uh, a lot of the music. So that our we... podcast is named after a murderer is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also want to say uh, Chris definitely knew this. I did not. <laughs> so there actually is education between me and Chris, mostly from him to me. Um <laughs> because this the you know when we were naming the podcast in my eye from my perspective it came up really organically and when he's telling me this this whole thing about phil specter i'm like what what are you talking about okay um yeah. but it, it ties in i mean there's a lot it, of, no it definitely it, does it, it kind of worked out nicely. Not a, yeah not only did he really uh produce a lot of well-known music but after the fact there were a lot of bands uh and sounds and genres that were uh, created from from his style of producing, so things like shoegaze, noise, um, and and I think a lot of what you and I are gonna, going to talk about um, one specific genre, um, post rock. Don't say it. God, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Secret word. <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking about that earlier. That may just that'd be a good just episode by itself. Podcast is a four letter word. Or podcast. Post rock is a four letter word. <laughs> um, it's uh yeah uh, but i think the point is is that there's layers and layers and layers and just dense mixes dense tones and melodies and you know a lot of the bands we like are are very dense in that sense and um it just we like noise yeah for sure sometimes literal noise like you know what you call the airplane oh my music. god nope <laughs> area <of> disagreement <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so that's that's basically where that comes from is uh phil specter yeah. And, um, the way the, where I, you educated me on that, um, th- that, that was actually a conversation that you and, uh, my girlfriend Chelsea mm. were having, right? Was that mm-hmm. at the, uh, between the buried and me show when we were eating? Is that when that conversation took place? You were explaining that. I think that was when it, I first might have you been used on... that term wall of sound. Yeah. And then it kind of just went in, uh, we started talking about it a little bit more, I think on the Uber ride home. Yeah. And, and just talking about my way of trying to explain what I like. And I'm always finding myself, and I, th- I believe you are, you too, or you're always finding yourself trying to explain or categorize the music that you like. Yes. To people. Just to circle back around, that's, yeah. And I think at the very beginning, it was easy to throw around the term like post-rock. Right. And then, you know, as we dove deeper into so-called genre of music um and became more um less of a fan of that word that term for um, sure and a lot find... of people are a lot of people are and a lot of these bands that we'll probably talk about in this first episode probably don't like that yeah. term either but you know you can break it down and it, it there's some meaning there i think and um mm-hmm. there's a lot of bands that actually do proudly wear that badge um post sure. and that's fine but um the broader stroke term typically would be instrumental, right? Sure. A lot of the bands are instrumental for sure. Yeah. There's no vocals. Um, I get not in all cases, not yeah. in all cases. And we'll talk about other bands that have vocals. So we're not anti-vocal. I mean, you, you were, you I probably did, am more than you, but, but <laughs> which is funny because you, you did vocals when you were a I musician, well, like when you were playing, um, 
Yeah, you know, my the taste has de- definitely evolved over the years, and I think mm-hmm. the 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 causal chain of it is it makes sense. You know, why yeah. I listen to what I listen to now, and I still listen to a lot of stuff I, I listened to back in the day. Um, I, I'm not completely against vocals. It's just the the music that I think this is going to be the theme for today is just the experience that we both have with music. Experience That's is why word. we are yeah. so passionate about it. Um, so the, the really deep, meaningful and, um, you know, just the, the times where, I, you know, sound is really speaking to me, mm-hmm. it tends to be instrumental, be- uh, you know, mainly because it, it's so much easier to, uh, you know, I think we've talked about this before, at, at least for me, I tend to get a little bit more distracted. Like if I'm listening to something with lyrics, I get really distracted by them. Like you said, because being a former vocalist and mm-hmm. lyricist, mm-hmm. um, I love really good lyricists. Um, but when, when that is a factor, I tend to get way more distracted Just from the actual, from the music itself. Yeah. yeah. I get wrapped up in, in the lyrics and, you know, in the voice, um, some bands do a really good job of, of, of protecting against that. I think mm-hmm. intentional or not, um, circus survive would be an example just off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, when I'm listening to something with lyrics, especially for the first time, you know, if a, if a new, you know, uh, a new band comes out or a new album comes out from a band that I really like, 99.9% of the time I'm going to be totally focused on the vocals most, you know, the entire time for sure. Yeah. And that, that so, happens. Yeah. I mean, there's bands that I like that have vocals and I'll do my best to, for new albums, do my best to just focus on everything as a whole. And then the next few listens, I, I start to break it down. And probably if there is vocals, that's probably the first thing I jump to when I start breaking it down after the first listen is, you know, from a from a engineering standpoint nerd you know producing and all that stuff I I try and figure out well what are they using on the vocals what's the emotion they're trying to pull and then I start reading lyrics one band I do that with all the fucking time is brand new you know it's it's well that's 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 probably the epitome of a band that well it's hard because sometimes it's it's super easy to get distracted by Jesse Oh yeah. The you know, the lead singer from brand new. Um, if you haven't checked out brand new, definitely go check him out. Um, and the fact that he's such an amazing lyricist. Oh yeah. He's clever as fuck, know, man. Like um, it's, 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 I, I could, I could get hit, you know, because, um, I think I've mentioned this to you before. We'll probably get in the, I'll just foreshadow for later, but, um, you know, I think I've mentioned to you before that, um, Yonzi from Cigaros, his voice mm. to me, it helps that it's in a language I don't know, <laughs> sure. but even the fact that he sings sometimes in just syllables of words, you know, so a lot of times there's not even real meaning into what he's singing, but the voice, his voice just becomes another instrument. Yeah, exactly. Another exactly. layer of an instrument. And I, yeah. But Jesse is, is that way because his melodies are incredible, um, very innovative. Um, I think he, so that, like I think he has that aspect to him where sometimes I do think of his voice as another instrument, but then he has these amazing lyrics. <laughs> I, I guess I can say that he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't waste, waste the opportunity he's given to, to write. Like That's if he's right. saying something, he's saying something and there's, no, every meaning, word there's meaning there a point. and it's, he, 
on his newer album, um, their newest one, I feel like he's calling back on past albums even, and even other things that have, um, cleverly calling out on certain things that if you, you wouldn't get maybe the first pass, mm-hmm. but if you listen I closely, I didn't. And I'm a fan of brand new. Like it was when we were talking about it afterwards and you're asking me my favorite songs and you're like, Oh, but I love the way that, you know, in this song, he was calling back to, you know, such and such song off that record. I was like, Oh my God, I had to go back and listen to it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's cool. It can't I mean, easily be missed, but he's very clever. And I think he uses his space wisely mm-hmm. and uh, someone like Sigaros, uh, I, I think they definitely use vocals as another instrument. And that's, that's what really piques my curiosity is when, um, it's, it's almost like words, words can't contain what they're trying to say. It's, they have to push it out in a different way. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense you know, either because they're literally not saying anything. And mm-hmm. it's just like you were saying syllables and things right. like that, but you know, they do a great job as at, at, blending in the vocals and layering it into the music, almost like a giant sandwich. And it's like, Oh man, I got to digest this. This yeah. is, this is dense, dense, yeah. dense, you know? And I think where I was going with that was the experience of listening to something with vocals can be so easily tainted by, uh, you know, someone that's not as talented as Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where if you're listening to something, maybe a new album for the first time, Mm-hmm. And they, you get to a line and it's either just not good. It's something you don't agree with. We've talked about this before. You've told me this before that, um, uh, you know, if you're listening to a song and you've got this, was, I think this was more in the, um, in regards to writing music, but mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, if you're listening to music and then the vocals come in and they start talking about something like, Oh no, uh, that's not what that's I was not, picturing. Yeah. Or, that's not what I was picturing. Yeah. And so, like I said, I'm not completely against vocals. <laughs> um, it's just like with anything else I listen to, I'm really picky about it. For I'm sure. really picky about the the music I do listen to with vocals. That may seem strange considering some of the music, <laughs> to, you know, to the outside world. Uh, of <laughs> from yeah. what, or if you don't listen to the music we listen to or I listen to, that may sound weird. But um, I, I think it comes back to what you're saying. Basically, the word experience and how they yeah. how they deliver what they're doing. Um, there's you know there will i'm sure there'll be examples of bands where the lyrics just absolutely suck if you read them by themselves but when layered with the music and other effects and different things like that in context it, it's actually it adds to the sound and not it doesn't take away sure you know so i, I think experience was a good word to use for a lot of what we're going to talk about and a lot of what we find ourselves talking about or relating to and and sharing with you know mm-hmm. um with the music you shared with me there's a certain experience you've had. And then, um, shows we go to even, you know, we talk about that afterwards and kind of break it down and performances and all that stuff. And I think a lot of the bands we, we may talk about today will probably be pretty heavily, um, just a lot of, a lot of what we've, we've experienced a lot with that music. Yeah, know? definitely. So, well, I guess I, th- you could, disagree with me but do you feel that same way like do you know when i it's gonna sound so like i take myself too seriously <laughs> but and honestly like you know that's what I, I think that's what i was trying to say earlier um was that those like the like the life like the when i look back at like certain parts of my life mm-hmm. you know times with my you know my best friend scott back home or 
introspective moments where I had like an introspective aha moment, mm-hmm. you know, or something. Most of those times there was a band like this will destroy you going on in the background. Oh, you yeah. know, oh, it yeah. wasn't brand new. Yeah. It wasn't Circa. You know, we had this will destroy you or Cigarose or somebody like that behind it. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of memories I can tie to um, instrumental music or things that I've just kind of put on, even in like with headphones or my my um, earbuds, you know, whether I'm walking around or, you know, it's just kind of introspective. And but that's what I think that's what draws me so much to it is that the because you're not being distracted at all by words, this, you know what you're hearing and I'm hearing, even though we're hearing the same sounds, we're going to, we could experience something totally different for sure. And we it, could be even then different mindsets when we even hear then, first listen, you know, second listen mm-hmm. years later, you come back to that album and you're like, Whoa, this is different. You know, it's in a different, you know, it's the same piece of music, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, my dad always said, you know, um, music doesn't age people do. And so, you age, you experience new things and you go back and listen to an album and you're like, Oh man, this means something totally different, but it does bring back some type of feeling, but it's kind of evolved now and it's now adding new meaning and, you know, bands like this will destroy. You. I can listen to tunnel blanket and probably my favorite album by them, but I, I can listen to that album and discover new things, discover new feelings with it. And, you know, just find myself drowning in a good way, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. You're drowning in the wall of sound. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's overwhelming, but in a good sense. And you know, because that's um, typically my experience with it. My experience with, you know, some of our, you know, where we converge. Um, this will destroy you, Caspian, Russian Circles. Those bands, when I'm listening to their songs, especially in those, like the, you know, the epitome of what I think of wall of sound parts of the, you know, their songs it's so overwhelming. It, it, it makes me feel vulnerable, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it, it just brings out a really introspective side of me that I, I really enjoy. Um, so I think that's what I mean. Well, like I just, I have more of a connection, like a connected experience when I listen to that, as opposed to something like a brand new. Yeah. Cause the vocals kind of ask you to listen. Yes. And pay attention and focus. Pay, yes. Pay it's like attention. you can't you can't necessarily allow your mind to go and, and do other things or and it's not like, you know, I put Caspian on and ignore it. You know, I'm definitely again experiencing it. But it allows me to almost come in and out, you know. Yeah, your mind can wander. You're you're there, but in terms of what you're experiencing or what you're thinking about or whatever it is, it, it can totally shift all that. For sure. And then you go and see them live and it's like, whoa, you know? It's it's cool to see a band that delivers what they've recorded, you know, and and sent out yes. and mastered and you know put it in a, a nice little package. But a lot of the bands you just mentioned, I feel like live give almost just trying to describe it now gives me chills just trying to think of well, that's a whole nother experience. Yeah, how they how they produce it, you know, and Russian circles, for instance, they it's a three piece, but it sounds like a full band. Like there's several guitarists, you know, not just one guitarist looping. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say just looping. Cause he's doing a lot more than that. He's creating a feeling oh, yeah. and creating a, an atmosphere. And while, while the strong, very strong rhythm section is, is driving 
and keeping the song going and he's just layering and layering and layering and and you know there's at any given time one layering you know one swelling guitar over a driving rhythm section and then it builds and before you know it it's several layers of guitars and this is live i'm talking about live you didn't realize that he's looped and played every layer that you're hearing and it, and it makes this wall of sound and well that's the difference of experience right like yeah. when you're listening especially if you didn't know that about rush like i'm pretty sure when i first i mean i've listened to russian circles i think since 06 but like when i first listened to russian circles before i saw them mm-hmm. i had no idea they were a three-piece i didn't i didn't know that um you know he was doing all those intricate things that you were you just you just described and then when mm-hmm. i went and saw them um you said that was in 06? Yeah. So right around when they released Enter, their first... It was, yep. It was yeah. right after that. Um, I, I, saw, I was very lucky enough to see them twice. Um, I think both times were my freshman year of college. Um, the first time definitely was, but it may have been the next year or something. The second time. Anyway. Um, yeah. So both times, it was, and it was pre... I didn't, I didn't see them until we saw them however long ago that was after guidance came out, but, um, Mm -hmm. which is the latest album, but, um, both the first two times I saw them, um, they had only had enter out and I don't remember well enough now to know if maybe the second time they maybe played some stuff off station before it came out. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure both times it was just a combination of, you know, an enter set list. And that's but, awesome but because that was, I can't even imagine seeing them during enter like death rides a horse. That song on that album is ridiculous. It's crazy. And like you said, it, um, you know, at least for me, well, you know, every time I've seen them, they have been ridiculously solid. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So to see that, like you were just saying to see some, to see a band who can deliver live what they put down on the record. It like that is incredible. Yeah, I mean, um, you you think like you, you listen to the recordings and you think, oh well, that's that's cool, that's cool. But you, I don't think, not to take away from the recordings because they're great and fantastic, and you can isolate certain aspects of the song, you know, or the album. Um, but to get the full experience of that band, I think you do need to see them live. Well, I think that's the difference. Live is that live is almost like a lyricist. I'm going to tie this back into what you were saying. Okay. Maybe. I hope this makes sense. <laughs> it just came to me. But to me, being live is like a, hearing a lyricist because live, it's pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. Right? You, It's really hard, at least for me, when I'm seeing those bands live, for my mind to wander to whatever it is, existential thoughts of you know yeah. life and death or whatever. Because <laughs> that's, you know, that's where my mind goes a lot of times when I'm listening to them or any of those bands that we've mentioned so far, but when you're live, it is a sense of look at me and it's hard to look away. You know, we've talked about this before too. Like a lot of those bands, especially this will destroy you and Caspian. They have these amazing light shows to go along with it. Russian circles of those three isn't as intricate, but there's still an aspect of that, but it's hard live. You're, you're really appreciating to me the sound a little bit more because you're seeing it performed and you're seeing the way in which they are producing a lot of these sounds for sure and i I think uh it's that way when i first see bands for sure and i've seen russian circles a few times i think uh first time i saw them was when they released geneva which is their third record Mm -hmm. um and i saw them and and you know um 
all I heard was how tight they were and how, how just amazing their delivery was. And there was a small hiccup during the show, but you know, even then, even that was, was cool the way they handled it. Just the three of them. And they're from Chicago. So, you know, Arizona is a long way from home and they, they tour regularly. Like it's, they come through and, and, you know, they still brought it though. Even with that small hiccup, they still brought it. And then I saw them afterwards, like you were saying, when they um, were supporting guidance. And, um, man, it was just amazing. The venue was different. The venue was a little bit more well-lit. So the experience, it was facilitating a a better experience for, I'm assuming, for them too. Um, But, you know, the second time I went over there and I I walked, walked in front of the stage and looked at pedals and looked at amps. And, you know, I'm a gear nerd too. And it's just... I was like, I'm going to see when he turns that thing on. Cause I want to know what that sounds like or right. how, how he uses that pedal. I have that same pedal. I want to know how he uses it. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll listen and I'll watch. And then I find myself in certain familiar portions of a song that I've really, you know, gravitated towards where I close my eyes and I don't even look at them. And it's almost like mm-hmm. some of these bands ask you not to look at them. Like you were saying, there's light shows like Caspian and, and maybe even projections, you know, going on and, it's like they're almost asking you not to to look at them standing on stage. Um, with Caspian, it's a little difficult not to look at them on stage because <laughs> <laughs> Phil is such a giant. Yeah, but uh, they're all cool guys. You know, they're very nice yeah. guys, and and you know. Um, but yeah, know. that's not, that's something we've talked about before too. Is that the you know you're right some of those light shows because the light source is behind them and it's projecting you know almost like a shadowy silhouette. Yeah, Sigaros does over that them. too really well. Yeah, they do that really well. Um, yeah, there is an aspect of that. It's, but it, it's it it really is hard to ignore. You know, when you're seeing those bands do these incredible things live, and you're hearing this incredible sound, where you know, at least for me, I can't think of, I really can't think of one instance where I've gone to see one of those bands and been like, oh my god, this sounds nothing. You know like where I felt disappointed because it was like, okay, yeah. they might be a little bit better in the studio than they are live, but no, these, you know, and that's, that's the amazing thing about Russian circles and how he layers uh, Mike, their guitars, how he layers yeah. all this stuff and watching him live. It's so precise. And I don't even know how many hours he spends or even the recording process in the studio. If he just takes one part at a time, or if he actually sits there and layers it live and has the engineer just hit record, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's videos of them doing recording sessions, but they just, they're just so tight and he handles so much, yeah. you know, and, and even then their drummer Dave is, is doing things and certain fills and, and pulling off certain tones with his kit and just that large. Yeah. Kick, he has a very unique sound, very unique sound. And he's able to introduce different rhythms that I'm not a drummer, but you know, I can listen to a guitar part and be like, Oh, I I could picture certain drums going over that. And with them, it's like, hadn't, didn't even think about (laughs) that. That is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And then their bass player, Brian, he's able to do the same thing with a bass and as well as a, uh, synth pedal, you know, a Taurus, which basically is like, uh, I don't know. Draw that picture for people who don't know what that is. Maybe it's, it's like, um, um, if you've seen an organ before, they have pedals on the bottom of the organ where it's basically mapped out like a keyboard. Um, and I think it's maybe an octave, a full octave. So 
basically it's sitting at his feet. It's really large and he's playing bass or baritone guitar and working that pedal with his feet, creating tones. So it's Mike isn't the only, yeah, Mike isn't the only busy person in that band, right? you know, and, and Dave is pulling off rhythms and, and beats that are so busy and so intricate. And to, again, to see the three of them come together, make a song the way they do is just almost unbelievable, mm-hmm. you know? And then you have, yeah. go, go ahead. ahead. No. <laughs> I was just going to say, and then you have larger bands, you know, more full on bands where there's two guitarists or you know, uh, keyboardist or something like that, where they, they're or able to three like Caspian. Yeah. You're, they're able to basically, um, share, share the load, mm-hmm. you know? And well, that's still, what was so incredible about seeing Caspian was that, you know, Phil may be kneeling down on the ground, you know, distorting or changing tone, you know, working pedals like they're, or, in, yes. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Turning the dials, getting crazy sounds out of his pedal board while, you know, the other two guys are just, you know, going nuts on their guitars and, um, I mean, that's, it was that experience I had with them too, was just watching them. They do, have it. They have it so busy. Like, it's not just the fact that it's five of them, yeah. but in three guitarists, but it's the, you know, like you were just describing with Russian circles, there's a lot going on that if, unless you were seeing it, I mean, you do get that feeling when you listen to it. But like I said, I think that's what I was saying earlier. It's such, it's so different seeing it live and seeing them produce it live. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you really get to see their talent shine through. I mean, it's one thing to record it in the studio, but to, like you're saying, to be able to produce that live is, is something else. And then they work in lights and then they work in other things, you know, and it's, it's just layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of, of just, man, impressive stuff. Well, I think, again, I don't want to, I'm probably going to keep coming off as an anti-vocalist, <laughs> but, uh, um, I think that's another part of it. I think the experience of, you know, when you have a, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, you know, those bands, um, in the instrumental realm, whatever subgenre they tie themselves to or what they sound like, it's almost like that's the free, the long form version of a conversation, you know, because yeah. those songs are so long, but they have the time. Time really isn't a factor. Like to me, those, the bands that we've been talking about, the really good ones that, that are just incredible at what they do, you know, time really isn't a factor and they let the sounds and the songs develop the way it needs to for sure. You know, no, there's never been one time where I listened to something and thought that was too long. If they had cut to that part or, you know, whatever the next part was a little earlier, it if, if anything, it's like, I want more like uh, yeah, for, yeah. for Caspian, um, off their album waking season. High lonesome is almost synth driven, like just this vibrating tone and almost sounds like vocals. I, I don't know if there is actual vocals, but it sounds like a choir in the background and it's just slowly rising. I think there is on that one and rising and rising. And it's like, when is this thing going <laughs> to, where is it going? Where is it going? And then, you know, at the end of that song, I'm like, I want more of that. I want more. Why? You know, I'm not upset. I'm just like, man, you know, I, I find myself listening. The to point that song is yet. you didn't feel like, when is this going to be over? Right. It's never been like that. I don't, I don't think for either one of us, no. um, you know, we listen to bands like that. And so, but that's why, you know, when you're listening to typically when you're listening to something with vocals, um, or even just more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not necessarily, it's not even poppy. It's just, you know, something that, you know, quote unquote, maybe more catchy. 
Yeah, right hooks. when you're more, yeah. yeah when you're writing more hooky. <laughs> yeah, music, I mean you, it's that's a reason it's so short, and then you you know it's like oh hey we're out. Okay. Yeah, these bands definitely don't subscribe to like a two three minute you know song length. They may have short songs, but they're those the ones that are like two or three minutes are almost like interludes. To that the was next, just yeah you know <laughs> took the word out of my mouth. And and you know okay so let me take this back a little bit. I think the first um, band I got into that I listened and I was like oh my god what is this um that they just produced songs i don't even know if you'd call them can i guess can i guess (laughs) can i guess go ahead godspeed yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah man uh totally um i don't i wouldn't call those songs i don't i don't think i call them songs i I think i call them movements because there's so much going on in just one song yeah and literally uh first album it's like 20 minute long songs, you know, and there's three songs on that album and it, you know, it's long as fuck and it's very cinematic and they do such a good job at layering. And I've seen them a few times and I've driven personally from, from Arizona to San Francisco to see them more than once. And it's, it's an experience, man. And, and they definitely don't want you looking at them performing it because they all sit down Yeah, and you're standing for I don't know how long, but listening to a song for that's 30 minutes long and your back hurts and you're like, oh man, <laughs> this is uh this is pretty long. But again, you're just like, how are they producing this large sound? You know, and it's, it's just an amazing thing to watch. So yeah, Godspeed to Black Emperor was the first band that kind of got me into this and they're dark and brooding and, which know. is so weird to me because I don't know, like for those listening who haven't listened to any of this type of music, I don't think that's where I would tell people to start. <laughs> like, Oh, I'm not I, saying that to start there, but that's, that's no, where but that's I, what I'm saying is me. You no, know? that's what I'm saying is so weird. Is that like, yeah, that was one of the first bands for me too. Like, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I pretty sure I don't think I'm just making the Godfather label up. Like they were one of, they were one of the pioneers in this, this area so yeah but that's what's weird to me is that that's how a lot of people got started but so then so then i've talked to people like people that listen to this type of music it's like no but i don't know if you know if you haven't listened to this type of music i don't know if i'd start there okay so then let me let me uh take the bait there where would you have someone start is there a band i mean that that you feel like probably everyone almost everyone could could relate to or kind of find something that they could basically it'll start them off and kind of feed feed what we're what we're feeling and maybe they can get an idea of what we're talking about here um i think one of the most recent bands that i've discovered and i sent shared with you uh ranges is i think a really good place to start for sure they have a a very um accessible sound i Mm -hmm. think you've used that term before Mm um uh it's it's not yeah it's a little bit longer it's because you know <laughs> I'm I guarantee you for someone who hasn't listened to this music when you say they have twenty minute long songs the brain immediately is like nope, nope not gonna invest in yeah, that <laughs> not, not gonna do that at all so yeah. I think once you build up to that um, then it's like okay I can handle this because it is a lot um, but I think ranges is a really good place to start they have they have a very um, uh, it's very atmospheric. Yeah, they but just they just released an album this year too. It's incredible. Yeah, what's the name of it? It's not coming. Um, the Ascensionist. Yes, and yeah. that song, 
off that album is probably my favorite off that album. The title title track. Yeah, the title track. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Ranges and and probably start with that song, The Ascensionist. Um, I think that's a, I think like that kind of a sound is a really good place to start. Something that's it's it's maybe this is a little hypocritical and ironic to say. Maybe not so much on the Wall of Sound experience. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. I haven't. Listened. I think. I think if you if you start with something like and maybe Caspian, Caspian might be a good. Oh yeah, I think certain albums of Caspian might be good to start with, um, for sure. Like Tertia, I think it would be a good introduction album. And the cool thing too, uh, and and you're kind of the fact we keep going back to Caspian. I think it's cool because they also incorporate electronics, and you know, it's not just mm-hmm. actual acoustic instruments and things like that. Acoustic meaning like electric guitar, actual strings, and things like that. But it's it's layers and. You know, now that you're saying that, I feel like Collapse Under the Empire would be. Who yeah, I would you say. showed me that that'll, too. That'll I be had... my. That'll be my final answer. <laughs> I I did not know of Ranges or Collapse Under the Empire, and both are are fantastic. And I think those would be good bands to check out. Um, and just I'm gonna linger on that moment for a second. Uh, that that moment, that point. Uh-huh. Um, if you're gonna check out Collapse Under the Empire, they also have a new album. I think that just like came out within the last month. Um, it's called Fallen Ones, I believe. And, um, the song Dark Water off that album is every, every emotion and experience I have described thus far when listening to, um, this music, um, it is the epitome of all that. For sure. And I mean, these, most of these bands you can find on Spotify, iTunes, even YouTube and, you know, things like that. Um, but if I, if you were to ask me, Hey Chris, Hey (laughs) For our listeners out there who haven't uh, listened to any of this yet, who would you recommend? Oh. Where would you recommend them to start with what band? Thanks, Lance. Uh, thanks for setting that up for me. Um, honestly, I, I would, and I've, I, I've, I've kind of, I feel like I've prepared for this just because I'm always trying to get people to experience certain music, and before I throw them into the the fucking Godspeed pond, <laughs> yeah, o- ocean, um, I would say. And maybe there's people out there that are like post rock elitists that would say they're not post rock. They're just instrumental. Uh, I would say explosions in the sky. They're from Austin. Yeah. Texas, your, your home state. Um, but they've, uh, and you know, maybe you know, not just them. A lot of these bands do soundtracks. So you may have already heard their stuff. And I, I, think, I guarantee you everyone has, they just don't know it. Yeah. So, it's like a Phil Spector song. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't even know it, but you've heard it. And maybe you've even heard music that's been influenced by that, you know, that are, where been, would they have heard explosions in the sky, Chris? Uh, a lot. Uh, well, there's several movies actually, but one in particular would be Friday night lights. Well, so, TV show and the TV show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and they've, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they're very accessible. Yeah, no, they, I think you trump me on that. I think that they have they have uh, somewhat long songs, but no. They, but again, they're they're just one of those bands that just doesn't feel like it. It's like going to a movie. It's like if you go to a really good movie, it just happens to be two hours and forty minutes. Yeah. Most of the time, you're not going to f- feel like that. You know, like you do yeah. go to those length of movies and you get out and you're like, God dang, I'm not going to get any of that time back. In my yeah, life. exactly. I wasted, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then you come day. out of a really good movie and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't wait for that shit to come out on <laughs> VHS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love tape, man. No, um, <laughs> you know, and I don't know. I, I guess for me, 
and I think you've known this because some of the bands I've shown you, I really like moody, melancholy, brooding music, you know? What's the, and, what's the phrase you've used with me before to uh, describe it? Slow and low. Slow and low. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, uh, bands like Caspian or Explosions in the Sky, they're very hopeful. And I think you've used that term before, too. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the perfect. That's it. That's perfect. You know, perfect way to describe that. And so that's to, the experience to get people into them and, and to kind of understand the layers of sound uh, that 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 they that they put forth. You know, it's it's hopeful. It kind of you can tie it to aspects of your life and be like, yeah, you know, if you're going through a tough time, you can listen to explosions in the sky and be like, oh, man, you know, yeah. Well, that's kind of the experience roller coaster I ride with these bands and these songs and these albums is that no matter how, um, whether it is one song or if it's a whole album, a lot of times it takes you through that roller coaster of experience where you're going to feel vulnerable, you're going to feel naked, you're going to feel overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes sad. And, but there, it always, most of the time, I guess not every song, not every album, but most of the time the feeling I'm left with is hope and that's my experience and that's what's so beautiful about it. So no matter how crazy down the rabbit hole, you know, my mind wanders existentially, it always comes back to hope. So you're right. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I'd describe it. Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know. Explosions in the Sky has, has a large catalog that you can dig through. They've been around since like 2000, I think. And they've, 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 they've influenced a lot of music and a lot of bands, Oh yeah, and, you know, um, just like you were saying, Godspeed does, but they're a little, a little darker. So if you're looking <laughs> to maybe, I think but, it would be like, if you listen to Godspeed off the bat, it would be like never seeing a movie and then watching a Quentin Tarantino movie <laughs> as your first movie. <laughs> like, whoa, like what's so shit? much, you know, what is going on? The yeah. fuck, you know, um, yeah, they, their stuff is very cinematic very very cinematic um but in a di- you know it's interesting but it i've because i've heard you describe this will destroy you as cinematic oh yeah but totally different it is different but it's still they're still pretty dark too they can get pretty dark but but Tunnel blanket <laughs> uh, yeah for sure um but they also have very hopeful songs as well yeah, absolutely. and and the funny thing is is that godspeed some of their artwork has the liter- literally the word hope you know and they're always mm-hmm. you know and some of they actually split off and they, they've done other bands uh, with the majority of the group, you know, subscribing under a different name and, and actually have vocals, you know, uh, the silver mountain Zion. Um, they have vocals. One of my favorites. Band. Yeah, they're great. And, um, it's, I think everybody in that band is from Godspeed. Yeah. Um, but they have vocals and, and, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> yeah. it's all good. You ended up at silver mountain Zion, which again, I, m- no, some of that you can start with. That was the first, um, that was the first, whatever you want to call it, instrumental. I'm not going to say that fucking <laughs> phrase. Um, but yeah, the song Built Then Burnt. Yeah. Parentheses, hurrah, hurrah. That was the first song of any of that, any of this, you know, style, genre of music. But in their, la- to. Their, their later stuff, they've incorporated vocals and they're a little, um, more traditional vocals un- unsettling. Their guitarist doesn't sing like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> they're Canadian. So they're not normal people, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> um, 
it's it's different it's an experience for sure yeah yeah I, 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 and i meant more traditional vocals in the in the way of you know those earlier albums especially like the song built and burnt they had some spoken word type vocals right yeah yeah um but yeah you're right as you know some of this newer stuff for sure yeah good stuff but you know godspeed probably don't start there <laughs> or maybe you do, maybe you should maybe you do like see I, i'm also the kind of person like you mentioned movies earlier there have been a few movies where I've actually listened to the soundtrack first before I, before actually watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And I find myself doing that a lot with like Hans Zimmer, the composer. He's, oh, well, know, yeah. He's, he's able to create scenes just off of, you know, songs. And it's just like these bands, you know, they're, they're able to, for me at least, you know, create these scenes in my head that, you know, things, I don't know. It's just like the imagination flows and it's, mm-hmm kind of like i write my own lyrics i guess yeah know? and some of these bands yeah, do, yeah exactly they, some of these bands add like obscure names you know to their to their song titles yeah, we've talked about that before sometimes it's a little too serious sometimes it's like all right yeah like another band uh that i got into after godspeed would be uh red sparrows yeah and they're from la and they their names their <laughs> song names are ridiculous like full-on you know one example is uh uh, where do I start? Buildings began to stretch wide across the sky and then filled the air with filled the air with reddish glow. Well, when you're when you don't have vocals, sometimes you got to be real specific in those sure. title names. <laughs> sure, but even then, some of the title names don't actually describe no, what the song, yeah. how the song feels. You know, and it's. But we talked about that before. I think that yeah. we don't we don't necessarily put a whole lot of stock into that. No, I mean it's like dark water, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, but that song is that. <laughs> what would make you come to that conclusion? Like, yeah, that'll be good. That, that, that describes it. Like, I don't know. We've talked about that before. I don't know necessarily that bands, even they put a whole lot of thought into why they name the song the way they do. I don't know. Hopefully maybe one day when we get one of these bands on here, we can ask them, but yeah, that'd be cool. But you know, and then there's bands like that do not take themselves seriously at all. I mean, their music sounds really is, is almost serious to a certain point. Like Mogwai would be an example. Mm-hmm. They have a song called The Sun Smells Too Loud. They also have a song called I'm Jim Morrison, I'm Dead. You know, it's they they have weird song titles. Mm-hmm. Weird, 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 weird song titles. And I kind of find that funny, but I take their music. I'm a very serious Mogwai fan. I love Mogwai. <laughs> yeah. well, and I'm very actually, good. I'm actually going to see them uh, later this later this month in November. Oh, very nice. Um, so I'm going to go to San Diego for that, but it'll be my first time seeing them live. Cool. But they're another band that has... Let's we'll talk about that when you get back. Yeah, there's another... They're one of the other bands that, uh, from what I've seen and just heard from their live albums, and I don't know how you feel about live albums. I love live albums for the most part. Again, I'm picky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they they also have that experience aspect. Like it's you go expecting to hear the song, but then you feel and see and all your senses are being, you know? Yeah. Would you consider audio tree to be live albums? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause they so put, they put all those cool. recordings on, that's, like they release yes, them as live albums. That's cool because, uh, Caspian did an audio tree. Session. Well, that's what, that's what made me think of that when yeah. you said that, but they've also done, K- and it's amazing. KEXP sessions. And that's the other thing too, is that, you know, Caspian has been around for so long and, you know, um, we've talked about this before too, where I've seen them in really small spaces yeah, and then seeing them now and knowing that they tour Asia, Europe, they recently toured mm-hmm. Australia. I mean, they're all over the globe and, and 
to have been able to see them in such a small venue, dive bars and mm-hmm. really small spaces. You know, it's it's awesome. Um, what I like about that, though, about the audio tree session recording is that it's like, um, and actually, I'm just going to point people there. If you guys listening get curious about these bands and you do want to see a video of them, I would highly recommend going and finding an audio tree version of their live performance. It's like Caspian, just yeah. type in YouTube, just type and I in guess Caspian that's what I was getting, audio tree. I guess that's what I was getting to is that being able to see these bands in really small spaces where there's not a lot of people there to now see them in, in things like this where they have nationally touring bands coming through and playing and really well-known bands. And now they're getting mixed in with those kinds of bands and mm-hmm. you're able to pull up their music so quickly, you know, on YouTube and, and see really well-produced video of them playing in KEXP. You know, I love their sessions yeah. and they have so many bands that go through there and, uh, and s- wait, no. Seattle. So, yes. Yeah. I don't know why I was trying to think. I think and so and so I watch you from afar has a KEXP session, which I, I would also. It. But I can't remember if it was that or Audio Tree. Either way, look it up. That's Either way, both really both good one. but both mediums yeah, are great. Incredible I mean, quality. Yeah. Great. Great. And they they do small interviews in between songs, and a lot of these bands, um, since they don't have vocals, they don't really talk on on live shows. And I'm, yeah, I kind of like that because it's like, all right, all right, cool, quit your bullshit, just play the fucking song <laughs> uh when we saw pelican yeah yeah pelican's great which is another beautiful area of convergence for us yeah because you um, you you really like uh metal um and they're kind of like a post metal you know what they have you know, i was thinking about that i was listening to them yesterday um they have like a did you ever listen to texas is the reason no i didn't um they have a really i don't maybe like an indie quality to them pelican yeah. Okay. Definitely. Do you not see that? I think in terms of like, you know, not they're like, you know, they do get slow and low and they mm, do oh get, yeah. they do get a little heavy, but yes. they have this like really cool indie side of them too, which I really like. They really throw it in every now and then, um, for, you know, for, with like some of the fast picking parts yeah. and, some, and, uh, and some of that, you know, it's and really, it's really cool for them being as heavy as, as they are. I just didn't expect them to move around as much as they did when they played. Like I, th- I yeah. exp- there's so many bands like, you know, you were saying taking, taking yourselves too seriously and all that stuff. And it seems like they just have fun with it. And yeah, that kind of so music, you fun. listen to it and you think, Oh, I kind of have an idea what I'm going to get into seeing them live or mm-hmm. the kind of crowd that's going to be there. But no, man, they, they put on a really good show. A lot of fucking energy. Caspian is another band that has a lot of energy live. Like, yeah. damn, man. Which you, I don't think you get from those audio tree. <laughs> no, probably videos. not. Because I'm not going to understand that, but probably it's totally different really being small on stage. Studio, you know? Yeah. But that was the point I was going to make earlier is that it's, um, it's crazy because like they essentially recorded an album live, you know, they mm-hmm. did it, they did it kind of the old way, but mm-hmm. that, that, um, that whole live album is even if you just go look it up on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, if you, when you're listening to it, it's like, is this live? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's really well, really well produced. And, and the fact that you get the visual aspect with it, uh, is nice. Um, if you're into that, you know, looking mm-hmm. at bands perform their, their stuff. And like I said, there's times where I just close my eyes at these shows and just kind of let the sound wash over me and let my imagination go. Um, that's you typically with bands I've already seen before, like Russian circles and Caspian and this will destroy you. You know, it's easy to do that already, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say you're you're probably right. A lot of these bands, um, for the most part, have done some type of session like that where they perform in like a small radio station studio or 
you know, these studios that put out their own podcasts or their own video casts or vlogs or whatever. Yeah. You know, and yeah, they're, they're really well produced for sure. So uh, I'm just curious, where are we, where are we at on time? Right now. Wow. 55 minutes. Yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like, uh, um, unless you have anything else you wanted to, to touch on. Hmm. No, I, I think, um, I think that, that, that does it. Yeah. Did we hit all the, the areas of experience we wanted to talk about? Yeah. Um, maybe I'll, I'll say this, uh, bringing it back to, uh, one of the first bands you mentioned, Sigaros, seeing them live is, is like really next level. That's, that's, and that's a, that's a treat. Um, yeah, I mean, this will actually be a good segue into our last little section of, uh, the podcast that we're going to do. Um, maybe we'll add like recommendations too. We have an idea of doing, we're probably going to do like, uh, like new music we've either found or sent each other, um, at the end of these podcasts. And I think maybe even recommendations might be good. Um, so I'm obviously, I think you mentioned this earlier. We're, uh, we're definitely gonna talk about cigarettes real quick. Um, mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. quickly again, obviously that's, that's my dog's name. <laughs> I've got a tattoo of talk on my back. Um, they are absolutely my favorite band ever. Um, so yeah, no, but if you ever, I mean, it's really, it can be really difficult to see them live. Um, they've actually been touring a lot more recently in recent years than I, th- in, at least in North America than and, yeah, I where, think they where? had ever, you know, the first time I saw them in Fort Worth, they hadn't been, I think in North America in like six years, five years, maybe. Um, I so flew to Portland to see them for, for those who don't know they're from Iceland. Yes. Um, and, uh, uh, they used to be a very big band cause they had a four piece, uh, that would a four piece, all gore, all girl quartet that would back them. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, amazing on their own. That's why they actually broke off so they could do their own thing. They're called Amina. It's A M I I N A. Um, I think they have a fairly recently new album too. Very, very good. But, um, but yeah, uh, definitely recommend if you haven't listened to Cigaros, absolutely check them out. Uh, their album Talk, which is Thank You or Thanks in Icelandic. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-A-K-K is a really great place to start. For sure. Um, but yeah, no, seeing them live is, uh, that's the ultimate experience. Like because the, that to me, the feeling that the people get from, you know, whatever it is, going to church Mm-hmm. doing some crazy drug mind melting, you know, transcendent drug. That's the feeling I get when I listen to them, but especially when I see them live, um, I'm, if they bring me to tears, um, I get that feeling of vulnerability and overwhelming, you know, feeling when I see them live. Um, my, I, I was very fortunate to take my mom oh, to a wow. cigarro really? show, uh, this, this year actually nice. in Dallas. Um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> their, um, their tour, their North American tour tickets went on sale last December. Um, shortly after both of our birthdays. Um, yeah. and, uh, when I hopped on the, uh, the early bird special <laughs> for being a, a subscriber, um, I realized there wasn't a Phoenix date. So I jumped on a Dallas date and just told my mom, Hey, coming home, I'm going to take it. But she, she had that same feeling. Yeah. Of, what, what I was did she, so excited. Did, um, did you take have her. her 
listened to them before? Does she know? Well, yeah, she's, she's obviously into? listened to them. Okay. Yeah, um, I remember. It's actually funny why my dog's name is Sigros. Her name actually, when I initially got her, this was like back right when I was getting into like super into Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her name initially was Bernadette. Oh, and um, I thought I was being a smart jackass, and I I actually spelt it like B U R N, like an idiot. Anyway, um. I was actually home visiting my mom, uh, my mom and dad, and I was showing my mom, I was in the living room and Sigros is like this little, she was like the size of my hand when I got her. And so she was only like 10 weeks old, something mm-hmm. like that at the time. And so I'm like, bring this like the second or third time she's been over at their house and she's just hopping around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was showing my mom, I was like, mom, you gotta see this Sigros, the band, uh, they're releasing their first documentary, movie oh, documentary. Nice, yeah. Um, and those are a treat and it too. was uh Haima. yeah that's a great one man yeah and they were um it was going to be at one of the movie theaters in dallas um and so i was showing her a preview of this and that was the documentary where they went basically um there's really great um i guess interviews but there's really great you know video of them talking about different things uh with playing the band in different throughout it. areas but that's yeah. what they do yeah the main chunk of it is you get to see them play in their favorite parts of iceland and so like some of it is like i mean for those who don't know iceland's like a i mean there i think it's like three hundred thousand people population um it's pretty it's, it's pretty becoming more of a hot spot for tourism actually they have this amazing like um i think it's like a it's a lagoon some type of lagoon mm-hmm. but like a lot of people are going like they have like black sand beaches and all that stuff too but yeah. um so yeah like you'll be in the you know they'll be in these like crazy like the, like one moment they'll be in this ridiculously awesome um uh cave you know with yeah. like the shimmering water and they're playing a song and then they'll the next second like one of my favorites the last song off talk uh is called hey satan and it's um it's really beautiful, but like that song and that in the documentary, they're in this beautiful, like open, like field, but they're like, there's this crazy old house. that's like abandoned and mm-hmm. they're playing right in front of it. And like the quote unquote front yard. So it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, but anyway, I was showing her this trailer for Haima and she was like, she looked at me, it was over, it finished. And I looked at her like, what? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she looks at me, she looks down at Sig and she looks back at me and she's like, why didn't you name your dog Sigaros? And I was nice. like, um, I don't know. And I literally, I, I looked right at her and I was like, from this day forth, you shall be known as Sigaros, uh, which for those who don't know, means actually means victory rose in Icelandic. Yeah. Uh, and I believe it's Yonzi's. It's actually the name of Yonzi, the lead singer and guitarist's uh, niece, I think. I thought it was sister, something like that so, related, yeah. related. Yeah, for sure. But so. that, that DVD is crazy. I mean, it visually stunning. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and of course, audibly, audibly stunning. stunning. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it really makes me want to definitely check out Iceland. Oh, there. but to your point, um, so yeah, I, I get the this amazing chance to take my mom, and we oh, go. Yeah. Um, no opener. Um, this tour, and actually, the last time I saw them here in Phoenix, it's it was actually the same tour. They just did it again, but with a different set list. Um, they essentially did um uh, two set lists. And it was beautiful the way they did it. Um, it. It was almost like a John Mayer approach. Um, oh, okay. Where like, you know how John, I don't know if you yeah. listen to. Yeah, I like actually like John Mayer. I do too. That's funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're hardly ever going to talk about top 40 
crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like how John Mayer will do um, like an acoustic, he'll come out by himself, do an acoustic set. Then he'll make, make come like back three out, piece. do the, uh, the trio, yeah. yep, the jazzy trio. And then they'll, then he'll come out and do a set of the full band. Um, they did something kind of similar where, um, so I think I mentioned earlier, Amina no is no longer, they don't, I actually, the first time I saw Cigaros, um, sorry, this will be the most fanboy I get. <laughs> uh, the first time I saw Cigaros, uh, was actually the last tour that Amina ever did with Cigaros. So it was, and it was the last show. So it was like, it was incredible because they like came out on stage with like silly string at the end. And like, oh, nice. Know, Cause Yonzi was going on and on about how great, you know, incredible they've been and all that yeah. stuff. Um, so now they're just a three piece. And so the first set they did, it's like a, it's a basically a discography of like a lot of their slower stuff, Mm -hmm. um, like Hey Satan and stuff like that. And then they take a break and then they come back and then they do all of like their mind bending, you know, crazy build up like festival and all that stuff that it's just like these crazy build up songs. And then they, they just explode at the end. Yeah. They, they definitely, uh, are able to build up to probably the best crescendos I've heard. Yeah. For a, like, I, I wouldn't say traditional band, but you know, people playing instruments and things and not like an orchestra or something like that, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I remember seeing them live and thinking like, holy shit. And they first started off with a giant sheet. Like you can see the band. It was just a giant white sheet mm-hmm. and there's lights coming from behind the sheet. So you saw their silhouettes but they're giant, the giant, right? giant <laughs> so silhouettes. So it makes know, it look you really hear cool. This, you hear this wall of sound. They'll have like, through, yeah, you know, and it's, they'll have like, they'll have like, um, like, uh, like shadows of birds and stuff. Yeah. Like flying, yeah. You know, on the sheet too. It's really cool. They really get you going, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. I don't remember how long, but it was long enough to the point where as soon as they dropped the sheet, I was like, oh yeah, it's a fucking live band. Like these guys are doing this live, you know, and <laughs> yeah, blew my mind. I would definitely see them again, and I highly recommend checking them out if you don't know them already. Oh, yeah. I'm going to finish telling this story real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, so after it's over, um, and she, we had people, like there was one particular woman sitting next to us, me and my mom at the show in Dallas. I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I've seen them three times, and yada, yada. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like my fifth time seeing them. <laughs> It's not a contest, but I would win. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so she had some people telling her like, this is going to, and I, I was almost, I hate that. It's like with anything else, you know, if Don't you build tell, up expectations, yeah, if you tell someone that the karate kid is the greatest movie ever, you know, Why they're going to think movie? it sucks. I, I'm just kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm totally kidding. It's the mighty ducks. Um, but, uh, so she had that, that was going on. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, Oh, I really hope that it's just not that overhype feeling. And she's like, yeah, it was good. It was good. You know, I afterwards. So afterwards it's over. I turned to her and I just gave her a look like, eh? And, but not like that, obviously not that playful, but just like, please tell me your mind is blown like mine. It was more like that. And she just looked at me and was, she's like, I'm speechless. That was, that was one of the most incredible things I've ever, I'm, I'm, mis- I'm obviously paraphrasing, but it was like, I could see it on her face and I knew she felt what we all feel, she you know, everybody something. that has been lucky enough to experience them live. Everybody feels the same way. Yeah. We all, she experienced, but we all experience. And it's like this beautiful, well, now, now I'm probably speaking for her a little bit. I'm going to talk more about myself. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful, whatever you want to call it, spiritual, 
um, transcendence. It's very transcendent. It's yeah. very transcendent. So that's awesome. I have to cut myself off. I can go on and on about cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this would be a good point. Um, any, uh, any new music or, uh, things that maybe you want to recommend before we sign off? Want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, I've known this band for a while. Like I've, I've, I've the record label, like I'm, I'm, I love a lot of the bands that are on their label, but I think you, you told me to listen to the most recent. And so I watched you from afar. Oh my gosh. And I was like, Oh my God, this is wow. 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 It, it, definitely probably an album that's on constant rotation right now. I hate saying, I hate saying like referencing that a band has gotten mature. I don't, yeah. I don't really, I it's like, it's like the term post rock. Um, they have learned to tell a story. I think. Yeah, man. That album, sonically, front, it's front to back. It's, it's incredible. Like you know, he still has that create. Uh, for those who haven't listened to, and so I watch you from afar. Um, uh, the guitarist himself has said before that he was very influenced by At the Drive-In, um, which for those who know became Mars Volta. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does have a very enigmatic style, very. Mm-hmm. Mars Volta at the drive-in style, but he's really, that's what, and that's what I was getting to that this new album, um, he really honed it in. It's, it's, <laughs> he's got, they've got these crazy wall of sound moments and then they built, and then he comes in with these crazy licks and it is a strong album. So like, strong. Jeez, man. Like it, it, it definitely caught me. I don't want to say caught me by surprise, but I, listen to it. I was, you told me and I was like, yeah, I know them. I've, I've heard of them. I've heard some of their stuff. It's br- they're really good. Very talented people, but start to finish. I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, this is amazing. Great, great body of work. I mean, it's, it's really, really good. Really. And, good. and I'm with you. It's, you know, the, what do they call that? What's the term I'm looking for? Um, just the repeatability of it. I don't, I don't even know if that's a word, <laughs> Yeah. but just the, you're, I mean, you could, I'm, I, cause I did, I'm in the same boat. I've put it on repeat and it just doesn't, it doesn't get old. Doesn't let up, man. It's like it, you were saying earlier, like there's a, there's a new aspect to it. I feel like mm-hmm. every time I listen to it, it's like, Oh shit, I didn't hear that on the first run through or whatever. I didn't catch that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so thank, one. thank you for recommending that. I, I think I'd, Unfortunately, maybe would have uh, have just missed it, I guess. But you know, thanks to your recommendation, I it's definitely on constant rotation currently for me. Nice. What about you? Uh, that's definitely up there because um, that did. I mean, that was maybe a month, not even a month ago. Um, it's called the Endless Shimmering. For those who want to know, mm-hmm. it's the name of their new album, The Endless Shimmering. What's your? Do you have a favorite song off that? No, I think I'm still digesting it. And, and, you know, like you were saying, uh, like we were saying these song titles and, and things like that. I, I'm the kind of person that doesn't really find oh, song for sure. titles, for sure. you know, right immediately. I just kind of, I yeah. want to experience the music first. And then if I like a, 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 a lick or a, you know, a whatever, then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll sit there and say, well, I want to add that to a playlist or I want to put that for sure on repeat or I want to show that specific. That's when I learned the actual song title is when I want yeah. to continue listening to it and put it in, in context with other music. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you know, uh, the new, um, the American dollar, 
Okay. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot. Um, their new album is called Music for Travel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty standard American dollar, <laughs> um, but it's pretty, it's really solid. Um, you know, another band that I've, I've been listening to a lot lately, it's an older band, um, but something I've just really gotten like, I kind of get in mode, like phases with them where I'm just like, uh, and then I'll kind of put it aside for a little while is um, Saxon Shore. Okay. Um, I'll send you them if you haven't listened to them. Um, particularly, um, their, um, I think this may have been their last album they put out. It was in 2009. Um, it's called It Doesn't Matter. Okay. Um, and the song This Place is my favorite off that album and it's it's so like that is that is a wall of sound song for sure nice, and nice. it builds up it builds up really beautifully um there are some vocals on it Ooh. surprisingly um but it's really good so i've been listening to a lot of saxon shore lately too nice and you've checked out the the two most recent i guess i don't want to call them singles but there there's no album tied to them i think right now um but by this will destroy yep. you. Yeah. Kitchen and the Puritan. Mm-hmm. Puritan's really good. Really good. But for some reason, the kitchen sounds so familiar to me and it's not, it's familiar in a strange way. Like it, like, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it, but it sounds very familiar. Mm-hmm. It feels, feels I'll very familiar. Listen to it. I don't know if I had that feeling, but check those out too. If you want some, some, um, atmospheric. Oh, and by the way, Oh, Okay. Uh, this was an offline conversation that Chris and I had earlier. Um, if you go to Caspian's Twitter page, they describe themselves as atmospheric, not <laughs> doom gaze. <laughs> Whatever that is. Wh- who? Which one? What? Okay. Well, this will be our last one before we sign off. Caspian. Well, it's this will destroy that describes themselves as doom gaze. Oh, you did not. You did not specify that earlier. I thought I did. Hmm. We'll go back. But, you know, back to where we said that a lot of bands don't like the term post-rock. Yeah. I think a lot of people who would listen to This Will Destroy You and listen to other bands that don't necessarily have vocals will say, oh, yeah, that is post-rock. But these guys definitely don't feel that way. And that's fine. That's totally cool. And mm-hmm. I kind of get what they're saying with Doom Gaze. You know, it's it's a blend of Doom and Shoe Gaze, which, fuck, both genres are my favorites. Like, I love, 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 love Doom. I love, love, love Shoe Gaze. And I love, love, love that band. Um, but I think I'm not speaking for Caspian, but I think Caspian is a little more open to what people try to describe them as. Yeah. And those guys are just really fucking cool. Really, really (laughs) nice guys. Yeah. Very cool. All right. This is going to be the last one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, so for those three bands, this will destroy you Caspian and Russian circles. Okay. Mm -hmm. A song from each. Ooh. You gotta do this to me, um, because I love putting you on the spot, Garcia. Well, you know, okay. For so for Caspian, um, that's got to be easy. Come on. Uh, <laughs> and this is to I guess perfect uh, to plug their latest album, uh, Dust and Disquiet, um, Arcs of Command. Yeah. God damn, that song is so one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah, it is. That will pummel you. And that, by the way, that is I. <sighs> That is an audio tree. Is no. it? Yes, it is absolutely it? is. So, yeah, uh, if you're going to check out Caspian, check out Arcs of Command, um, A-R-C-S. <laughs> <laughs> check, 
just so we're clear to be clear. <laughs> um, and then if you want to watch them, uh, just YouTube search Caspian audio tree arcs of command. But if you, if you like that song, definitely check out their, their, their catalog. It's Oh yeah. yeah. So much going on there. Um, and then Russian circles. Yep. Um, this will be an interesting one. Yeah, I don't think I've actually mentioned this song to you, but it really it grabs me every time. And I guess it's it's on their their last album too, um, the last album they released in 2016, Guidance. Kala, ooh, Kala, no, that totally left turn. Yeah, nope. um, I was gonna guess Africa. That's pretty good. It's pretty good, but uh, this one, um, it. It's just the dense layering that they have, the tones, the guitar tones, the bass tone for sure. Mm-hmm. And just that that punchy kick in the earth rattling bass. It's just like, ooh, man, like that is such a good song. Like it grabs me. And it, there's a part in the song like with three minutes in it, oh my gosh, what Brian's playing on the bass. It, it's, yeah, it's great. You got to check that song. Nice. Um, who's, who's the next one? Uh, this, this will destroy, destroy you. you. Uh, Sorry, I thought you had already said one of theirs, but no, I was, no, no, I was uh, wrong. Maybe I mentioned it already. Um, let's see. Man, I th- I would have thought that would be an easy one for you too, but it's not. It's not because I would say, "Fuck it, listen to Tunnel Blanket." You know, that's my my no, go-to. But like, I know, but that's an album. Yeah, but I like know, if, but that's what I'm saying. I like, thought I would know just, what song you would say off that album. Um, it's it's a toss. I don't know. It's communal I'll, blood. Would be one of oh, them for right? sure. Um, yeah. I honestly, and I think it has to do with the sample. That's just kind of kind of blows my mind. Which, if you listen to the song, it actually ties into what the sample's talking about. Powdered hand, last song Ooh, on that yeah. album. Ooh, yeah. Uh, the sample's talking about uh, people who um, the 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 mystery of people seeing a light when they die, um, mm-hmm. and how this guy's saying it's basically just you know oxygen starved brain. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what they're saying. And he would, you know, it's, it's, it's eerie. It's a little weird, but that song, I don't know when it does something to me. Nice. It makes me see a light, I guess <laughs> <laughs> your turn. Um, I'm going to rattle mine off. Um, Russian circles deficit, mm-hmm. um, from a Memor- their great, album memorial. Great, great song. That yeah, song it's amazing. is um, menacing almost. And it's only six minutes. Six, four, six minutes and 42 seconds. So <laughs> they pack it, man. That song no, they is do. dense. Um, and then Caspian, that might be a toss up. This may be a cop out in saying too, but um, Fire Made Flesh mm-hmm. uh, from Waking Season. I think it's the last song off that album. Um, that song is incredible. I think that's a good. I, like we were talking about earlier, that's a good. If you never listen to this type of music, it'll nice. it's gonna go crazy at the end. And you're gonna be like, "What is going on?" But it's it eases you into it. It's really awesome. Um, and then Dark Field by them. Nice uh, yeah. after latest album dust and disquiet um just that drum beat at the beginning of that where he's just banging on the toms while the you know phil's messing around and it's just awesome um and then this will destroy you i'm gonna go off their new album i'm gonna go off uh uh language and say another language excuse me um and say dustism uh, dustism or war prayer, either one. Dustism, yeah, it's really good. Um, I'm gonna throw another one in there. <laughs> <laughs> the opening 
track on that album another language fucking utopia yeah oh Oh, man and how it flows into dustism it's yeah that's a strong album if you listen to any one of those songs off their latest album another language you're just gonna get wrapped up because you're like where does this go (laughs) then Mm -hmm. it they'll tell you Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's it's pretty incredible for sure uh well and you know what classic this will destroy you i think this was the first this will destroy you song i ever listened to three-legged workhorse yeah that's a yeah that, I think that's a very popular one. Yep. For sure. But great, great song, great band. Yep. All these bands are great. And um, yeah, I'm kind of reaching high here. But if any of you guys are listening, please keep doing what you're doing. I mean, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I think it's amazing that you guys are still going and, and doing your thing. And yeah, we definitely, um, we know the sacrifices you guys make. Yeah. To keep doing this for as long as you guys have been doing it um, and the constant work that you put into it. So absolutely. Thank you and keep doing it oh, and yeah. we'll keep supporting you please <laughs> please do i'll buy merch all day <laughs> absolutely um so yeah the uh i guess for today we're gonna wrap this ep- first episode up uh by playing you guys uh the intro of the podcast Ooh, that intro that intro um yeah so when the opportunity arises we will play um songs from bands that we talk about each episode here at the end um, may not always be the case <laughs> with getting permission and all that fun stuff. But um, luckily that such an opportunity arose for this first episode. Uh, we're going to give a huge, huge shout out to Caspian yes, um, for allowing us to use what uh, the song you're going to hear uh, arcs of command, which we touched on. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, Phil. Appreciate yeah, it, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, obviously, huge fans. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Th- th- thanks again, everybody, for checking out this first episode. Uh, you can obviously check us out at wavesofsoundpod.com. Um, be able to listen to episodes there. Chris and I will have some album reviews um, ready to go in a blog section. Uh, it will be links to Chris's band, Sun System. And you uh, Links. And other other projects that we might have. I mean, yep. you and I are working on stuff too. So, you know, if that. Oh, oh we're going to give that little <laughs> surprise away. Yes. No. Uh, yeah. Chris when and I. When that develops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have, we'll have some music of our, of our own to show you guys. So, um, yeah. Wavesofsoundpod.com. Wavesofsoundpod. Insta. Twitter. We're on, we're on it all. Check it out. Follow. Like. Subscribe, subscribe, share, (laughs) all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, for right now, enjoy the waves of sounds brought to you by Caspian in the way of Arcs of Command. Love you, Chris. Love you too, (laughs) man. See ya. (laughs) 